0: This is Dr. Hillary McClafferty. Welcome to Physician Thriving, a podcast exploring the modern physician experience with a focus on resilience and the skills needed to thrive in medicine. Welcome to our podcast today. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Beverly Joyce, who is a life coach for midlife women physicians. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Hillary. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, so tell me a little bit uh, uh, more about your background in medicine. You are a practicing ob yes?
1: Yes, currently I'm doing gynecology only, and that has to do with a little burnout episode that happened about six years or so ago. Um, but I was, I was thriving and happy as an obstetrician gynecologist for most of my career. And uh, then it got to a point in midlife um, where, you know, I was transitioning through menopause and also being a mom of very active, two active kids um, with a husband who was traveling. And I was also doing all of my own deliveries, which happened uh, most months. I would have anywhere between eight and 12 patients that would be due. In a month, and as you know, babies just come whenever they please. They don't really follow your schedule, and they don't check to see. It's like, oh, you have a soccer game at from three to four today. I'll not come during that time. So, or I'm driving carpool. Um, so, you know, my own perfectionistic tendencies and and uh, you know judgment of myself kind of came to an ugly head, and and I recognized through um, sort of a confrontation that happened with one of my partners that I just couldn't continue on that path. And so it took some soul searching. It took some coaching, some therapy, um, to figure out what my next steps were going to be. And that ended up being going part-time and dropping the OB out of my, out of my career. Um, And I have to say, I mean, that was really hard for me to do because that was my identity. I mean, I had wanted to be an obstetrician ever since I was a young kid. And um, so to drop that piece and always have patients ask, oh, why did you give up OB? Don't you love delivering babies? How could you give that up? And it was really tough um, to be able to really stand my ground and say, this is what's what's really necessary for me to have some emotional stability in my life and, uh, and take that next step forward.
0: When you mentioned that, so at that time, is that when you used coaching uh, yourself? Is that how you became aware of physician coaching or how did that piece come about?
1: So I wasn't really aware of coaching so much for physicians. I'd heard about it in the executive world, and you know, my husband had a, a coach that was helping him with leadership in his biotech company. So for me, um, I wasn't quite in that space at that time. What happened was, um, I took a little week-long sabbatical, as it were, to Canyon Ranch in Arizona which is, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, it's like a spa destination, but they have all kinds of lifestyle things with exercises for diet and weight loss. But for me, it was really just the emotional kind of balancing. And I did this program there called the um, life enhancement program. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of kind of emotional support that I got there. And then when I got back from that, um, I, um went to a therapist that we had used as a family um, prior to a trip where we were going to Europe with the kids and wanted to kind of figure out how we were going to manage that. And, and that sort of morphed into me seeing her. Um, and I recognize now looking back on that, that she really was more of a coach than a therapist because it was all sort of focused on, you know, how can you you know, manage your life choices and, you know, looking more forward as opposed to looking back, which is kind of what the therapy does. But it was through that process that I got really involved with looking into physician burnout, one, because I had experienced it myself. And I figured, well, if I'm going through this, there's got to be a whole bunch of other physicians, women and men that are, are going through this. So I started learning a lot about it, Um, I talked to our hospital administration and we kind of uh, resurrected the physician wellness committee that had been dead for several years at our hospital. Um, And we started to plan some things, mainly just to build some physician camaraderie. Um, And then through that, I also learned about this program called Heart Math, which was being used by a lot of our nursing staff at our hospital. And essentially, it's a stress management sort of breathing technique, emotional sort of stability technique that you can use both for managing yourself and your emotions, but also to improve communication. And so um, the wellness committee was able to secure a grant from our, our foundation to fund Uh, two of us, myself and one other physician, to go and be trained in the techniques of being a heart math trainer. So we took four and a half days. We went to this gorgeous location in Northern California within the Redwoods um, in a place called Boulder Creek and basically learned um, a whole program that they call the Resilience Advantage. Um, And so we learned how to do the the breathing and the the stuff and then how to teach it so she and i came back very excited to do that and and started offering this to some of the physicians and and uh was interesting that there was just not a lot of uptake from physicians which was a little bit disconcerting and disappointing and um So, you know, I knew that there was more work to be had in the the realm of getting physicians on board.
0: What, uh, you know, what was the resistance, do you think? I mean, were people, when you look back at it, were they skeptical? Were they afraid to sort of let down their guard? Or did you have any sense of what was going on with your colleagues?
1: Well, initially when we started, You know, we were doing them in person and we were trying to schedule them at lunch and after hours. And so, of course, physicians being physicians, they're always too busy. So they couldn't be bothered to kind of come and um, spend 45 minutes learning something that they kind of considered woo woo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I think that was mostly it when we got into sort of covid and and we tried to run a couple of them online um it was a little easier to get people to at least jump on um but i still think there was a little bit of resistance um and i think you know some of that has to do with just the way physicians look at sort of physician wellness programs you know the, i think there's a lot of negativity and and a lot of them are saying you know we're we're burned out. We don't like the EMR. Uh, we have too much to do. Um, you know, and here you are trying to put this heart math stuff, you know, down my throat, and I'm not interested. So it, it's been a bit of an uphill battle.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell me how then you came to coaching to become a coach yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that journey and and um, how you decided what to do next?
1: Yeah. So through the whole um, physician wellness um, interest that I had developed, um, I became aware of physician coaching, and um, I did. <clears throat> I contacted Francine Guyor, who runs the Physician Coaching Institute, which is a program for coaching physicians specifically, as opposed to other. Life coaching programs that you know other people have done, like the life coach school and and some of these other ones. So um, you know, I felt like I really wanted to be able to give back to other physicians, particularly women physicians, sort of in my same situation. And so um, I enrolled in her program, which was a six month program. We were supposed to have met for our first kickoff in March of 2020 and obviously that did not happen. (laughs) We had our kickoff online, and then we had the six months program, which continued online, and then we were supposed to get together at the end for our little graduation, and that didn't happen either, um, but, um, but it, we, we, I did the program, and I, I found it really, really fulfilling. Um, we had a, a group of 12. Most of us were physicians. A couple were not. we a therapist. But all had this goal to be able to coach physicians. So some for leadership and sort of moving up the ladder. Others were in-house coaches. So a couple of women were um, within the Kaiser system. And we're getting actually uh, funded to do in-house coaching. Um, And then there were a few like me who were just kind of trying to do it as an entrepreneurial sort of venture. Um, And so, you know, after I finished that, then I'm like, okay, well, here I am. I'm certified as a coach. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been doing a little bit of business training, um, a lot of social media reach outs. Um, I've met a ton of other coaches through uh, various avenues and um, meeting people like you and getting out there on podcasts and things.
0: So who is your uh, typical client or who you know who is reaching out to you for coaching what what's the demographic that's reaching you?
1: Yeah so it's sort of um, a woman physician um, anywhere between I don't know 40 and 60 which you sort of would consider midlife but you know mid-career so you know pretty well established in the career um, pretty experienced, um, successful, um, and looking for some balance perhaps, you know, I'm not really promoting myself necessarily as a burnout coach, but I think, um, women do get to sort of a point in the career where they might be considering themselves as burned out and, and really just looking for, something more exciting, um, something additional, either sort of an encore career or switching out of clinical medicine, or even just trying to find a little bit more happiness and joy and balance in their life, in their current situation.
0: What are the themes yeah, sort of when, you, when you're when you talking with the women and, and exploring um, their reasons for reaching out for coaching, are there things that Listeners could be looking out for in their own lives, sort of common themes other than other than the things you've just gone through. Um, internal signs that women are noticing that I have them thinking, "Wow, I wonder. I wonder. You know what I what I should do next? I feel like I have a lot of questions. Um, are have you identified some themes in that area where? that could be flags for women to look up and say, yeah, yeah, someone uh, with coaching experience could really be helpful to me.
1: Well, one of the things I've seen both in my clinical practice as a gynecologist, as well as with women I've spoken with who are in this age range, is that there can be a lot of um, anxiety, um, mood issues, irritability that are sometimes perceived as out of the blue Um, and you know i think some of that actually has to do with the whole menopause transition and what's going on in the brain and the neurotransmitters and it's not all necessarily hormonal um, but that's generally how it's kind of approached from the medical standpoint so um, i think that i bring a little bit more knowledge in terms of that piece of it Mm -hmm to um, to women who are in this uh, demographic. Um, but in terms of their career issues, family issues, you know, some of it has to do with, um, you know, you've been married for a long time, you've got kids that are leaving the nest, you know, what do you do next? or people are working their way up the the leadership track of their organization and maybe having some interpersonal difficulties with either, the higher ups or their, their teams that they're, they're managing. Um, and a big one I think is just our expectations or women's expectations of themselves to really be able to juggle all those balls all at once, um, and be, uh, perfect at all of them all the time. And so I do think there's a big piece of mindset coaching in what I do, um, in, you know, really just talking people off the ledge half the time and saying, listen, you're doing a good job. You can't expect that you're going to be able to do it all. And let's take some things off your plate. Let's let's give you some time to work on some mindfulness or meditation or, you know, get out and exercise, watch your diet. You don't necessarily need to be you know, eating, anxious eating is, is a big one that I think a lot of women go through. Um, so a lot of that, and, and we sort of pick apart all the different pieces of what's going on in their life to see where we can um, have them make some minor changes that will make for bigger results.
0: If somebody approaches you for coaching, what does the first session look like? How, how does that, uh, how do you structure that? So
1: I send them some pre-work so the pre-work is basically questions about what they want to get out of coaching, what are the issues that they're dealing with, um, you know, tell me who are the important players in your life that, you know, maybe we need to discuss. And so that first session, we, we kind of break down a lot of that. Um, at some point, I also will... Sort of ask them what specific facets of their life, whether it's relationship, work, health, spirituality or whatever, you know, they feel like maybe they need a little bit of a, um, a discussion about. And, and we'll work on that, um, you know, throughout the sessions. But we might like do one session on one thing and then, you know, kind of revisit it as time goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. How long does the average uh, person work with you um, or do they continue, you know, continue on? Uh, what's been your experience with that? Yeah,
1: well, I am still sort of a newbie coach, so I wouldn't say I have any generalizable um, people. Um, I have had uh, some people that have just done a single session, um, and I've had some people who have done a six-week session um, or a program. And then um, I have a 12-week program, which is sort of what I call the signature program, where we get a little bit, you know, deeper into all of the issues. So it kind of just depends what people are are really striving for and looking for. And I I would love, of course, to be able to continue on with those people who finish one program or, you know, they come back later on down the road for more. Um, That would be ideal.
0: Is there uh, an interaction in coaching without giving us any identifiers that you found especially satisfying as a coach? Um, if you had some moment where you thought, "Oh, you know, this person is really growing right in front of my eyes."
1: The thing that's really awesome about coaching and and what's so different from the physician patient interaction um, is, you know, when you're the, when you're the physician, you're just trying to find the solution, fix the problem, give advice. So in coaching, it's really more of a kind of give and take and the coach asking the kinds of questions that get the coachee to really think about the answer and, and sort of come up with something themselves or herself. So for me, that, that aha moment that the client has when you've asked just like the perfect question. And, and they're like, Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Um, my, my most recent client there were several times where she said things like, wow, you're psychic. I'm like, no, really I'm not. (laughs) Or she said, Oh, you're so intuitive. Like, yeah, I know. You just ask the right question, and you get right to the meat of the issue.
0: Conversely, have you had the experience? Because it, it is hard to come up with the right question, and and sort of hard to stay nimble on your feet and follow the thread of someone's um, of someone's um, thought process. And even in the patient physician interaction, you know, we can get off course inadvertently you kind of
1: just have to follow the client where they go. So sometimes if we get off on a tangent, I'll just make a note to myself that, okay, I really wanted to ask some question about what she just said, but that might not be for another 15 minutes in the conversation. Um, so so sometimes that happens. It takes a little bit of practice and and skill to be able to redirect them. But you don't want to redirect too much because it's not my agenda. You know, it's really their agenda. But if I can see that maybe they're avoiding answering a question where maybe there's some emotion or something that really would, that we'd benefit from really diving into that, then I'll definitely kind of just clear, uh, you know, redirect back on onto the conversation
0: that we were having. Have you found uh, women physicians Difficult to get uh, sort of going and talking in terms of coaching, or um, or has it been pretty straightforward once you once you make the connection? I think it tends to
1: start off a little bit superficial, but I think as you build trust over time um, with the client, then they feel a little more um, at ease and willing to be vulnerable. But it sometimes is like chipping away at things because I think definitely as physicians, I mean, we've learned to just power on, you know, just get on with whatever it is that we have to do. So to really sort of get into that vulnerability um, just takes time.
0: Are your colleagues at work um, aware of the fact that you're now coaching and if so, how has their response been? how what's the um, feedback been?
1: Yeah, it's been a little bit of a challenge because um, since I'm doing this as an entrepreneur, um, I don't really want to advertise myself too much to my people that I work with. <laughs> most of them know about it. And in fact, I gave them free coaching when I was just first starting out to become a coach just to get some practice. Um, so some of them know about it. And and one of whom, who's our chief of staff at our hospital actually referred uh, a friend of hers for, for coaching. So um, they've all been pretty open about it. And in fact, you know, in my circle of uh, colleagues and, and people online, everybody's quite supportive
0: that's fantastic. So what's on your horizon in terms of coaching? What's your what's your next uh, adventure?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. So it kind of, um, you know, goes along with sort of the the five year, 10 year plan, you know, so my kids are both in college, but they're not going to be done for another three to five years, my daughter. Um, so I'm thinking over that period of time, I'm probably still going to be in practice. And, you know, I love my my practice at this point, which is gynecology and minimally invasive surgery and office procedures and, and stuff like that. And I find myself using a lot of my coaching skills with um, my women patients. Um, but I would love to be able to build up the coaching business so that I could eventually just transition to, just being a coach because i think the benefit of that is the ability to travel since everything's kind of online either on the phone or on zoom you can pretty much do it from anywhere um and it doesn't require any special equipment um just me myself and my brain and um so that would sort of be my goal over the next sort of five-ish years and then beyond that who knows
0: Let's say that there is a woman physician sitting out there um, thinking thinking about her current situation and wondering, you know, how did I get to this place, and how could things be better? What would you say say to someone like that? Um, how would you approach them if you could if you could reach out to them?
1: Yeah, I think it really just takes some inward reflection on what it is that brought you to be a physician in the first place, because most of us have that desire to um, to help people, to serve people, to make the world a better place. And we get sort of turned around in all the nuts and bolts of, of doing what we have to do as a physician running a practice or, you know, doing the EMR, all that stuff. So really reconnecting with you know, what it is that um, brought you to medicine in the first place. And if it's somebody who's really thinking about transitioning out of medicine, then we really kind of get down and creative and and start thinking about, well, you know, what are your values? What do you want to do? What is your one-year, five-year, 10-year goal? Um, where would you like to be? You know, um, and and start thinking about you know, what are the options? At this point, I really am just focusing on women, I guess, just because it's been sort of my experience. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can really bring that forth to, to women better than I can to men.
0: I think that a lot of men physicians are really curious about coaching. Um, and I think they've had access to it maybe more, as you mentioned earlier, in a leadership type role in terms of career advancement, but, um, I think that there are a lot of male physicians who are very curious and interested about this type of coaching on a more personal level in terms of, you know, what, what's going on, what do I, what do I want to do next, but maybe not as, um, ready to venture out into or take that step.
1: I just think that the whole, um, idea of physician coaching is catching on and I think that it should be embraced by all levels of physician training. Um, I'm I'm really actually excited to see that they're incorporating it at Stanford in the medical school and in the residency programs. And you know I think that it needs to kind of have the stigma of therapy sort of taken away from it. because, you know, not that there's anything wrong with therapy either, but I think it really can be beneficial for people as they progress through their medical training and in their careers to, to have someone like a coach to be able to really, um, you know, ask them the right questions um, and, you know, keep them, keep them balanced.
0: I agree with you 100%. I so appreciate your time.
1: I just very much appreciate you and having the opportunity to um, let people know what, what physician coaching is all about.
0: For more information on physician health and wellness, go to the website www.apim.org and click on the Physician Health and well being Courses.